0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By minnowsplus.com, from baits to waders. If it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass,
1: here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Shortgrass. Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Glad you could be with us this week. We're going to continue with our theme of basketball coaches here in the month of November since basketball is around. And for this episode, I call on a good friend, Porter Moser, former Little Rock Trojan basketball coach, went to Illinois State, coached with Rick Majerus in St. Louis, led Loyola Chicago to the Final Four a couple of years ago and is now over in Norman, Oklahoma as the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll get into talking with Porter in a matter of minutes. MinnowsPlus.com. They are an official Frog Togs outerwear dealer. Shop online for your Frog Togs outerwear at MinnowsPlus.com. We're back after this.
2: This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor his show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions.
3: Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of Sure Life products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com.
1: Welcome back to From the Shortgrass. Each September, the Arkansas Basketball Coaches Association holds a basketball clinic. This year, they held it in Searcy at Harding University. I traveled up to Searcy to sit down with Porter Moser, the current basketball coach at Oklahoma. On the tee, Porter Mosier. Porter Moser, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. We're going to talk golf, but first let's talk basketball. Yes. Man, I, <laughs> you started at Little Rock as a head coach now. You worked your way up, but you started at Little Rock, go to Illinois State, then you went and were on Rick Majerus' staff at St. Louis, then you got the job at Loyola. You took them to the Final Four. What was that like?
4: No, It was, it was, it was an amazing. Um, and I, I, I just told this to um, some of the people. They were talking about my journey. And when you're younger – You're so much about the trajectory. And the older you get, the more you are about servant leadership, about the people. It's more about the journey and the people. And to take Loyola through my coaching journey that in the the previous 30 years had 27 losing seasons. I mean, wrap your head around that. 27 losing seasons, and they were ranked 340 out of 350. But we did it with an incredible group of players and parents and administration. And to turn it around and to be on that stage at the Final Four – um, it was, it was the best thing was about the people, the people, the journey and reflecting back on my ups and downs, um, and just resiliency, trying to fight through that. And, uh, just so very blessed with my faith, with the people in my life that, that we were able to have those moments.
1: I remember coming to see you, um, in Chicago, you, uh, showed me the trophy and everything there in your office. You had mentioned that during that run, there were some jobs coming open. But you told your agent, I'm not going to talk to anybody until we're done playing basketball. And you might not have gotten some jobs because of that. But now, here you are. You're the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. Funny how things work out. No,
4: Trey, that's exactly right. And that just goes to show you, it was about the journey. I, you know, If I was about the trajectory, I would have been sitting there so focused during that run about my next move. Mm-hmm. But I was. I wasn't going to talk to anybody. And then, ironically, when, the, when it was over after the Final Four, a lot of the jobs were filled. And there was a couple of jobs that opened, but I was just, then I'm just, I wanted to do it again. I I started to be obsessed with like, I just didn't want to be a guy that went there, won, and then moved on. And I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to run from happiness. I was happy. And uh, I made that mistake once. You know, I was really happy at Little Rock. Um, And uh, so going to, um, you know, to do it again, same thing happened this year. We're in the NCAA bubble and there was like just a massive amount of jobs that opened up. And... I wouldn't talk to anybody, and then we beat Illinois. Everyone thought we were going to lose, right? And then now we're going to the Sweet Sixteen. So we had another week off, and in that week I wouldn't talk to anybody. And then so many jobs got filled, and then God had a plan. Joe Castiglione at Oklahoma called, and like four days later it was over, and uh, it, that time. But I was just I just wanted to, to to have another run, and we did it again at Loyola. There was only two players on that Final Four team, right? And we were good again, and. Um, that journey was great, and now I'm starting a new journey at Oklahoma. It's an unbelievable place. Uh, We've got our work cut out for us, uh, but just excited to to be at this, in that atmosphere.
1: I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast on the buzz. It's also available on SoundCloud as well. Uh, have a date circle uh, in Tulsa, BOK Center. You're going to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that went to the Elite Eight last year, and Eric Musselman. I know it's on down the road, but just some thoughts on that matchup and OU and Arkansas playing because here in a couple of years, you're going to be in the SEC.
4: No doubt. So he's a couple of years in his tenure, and he's done such a good job with the energy, with the recruiting and getting that the talent base uh, back up to what uh, the Razorbacks expect it to be. And uh, he's done a great job with that. And uh, this is my first year. We, you got to do the same thing. you got to con- create that culture, create that energy, and continue to improve your talent base. But uh, I know how passionate the, the Razorback fan uh, base is, and uh, I think it's going to be a great deal um, there in Tulsa. And then we are, eventually, we don't know what the date is, but we are going to be in the same league, and I think it's going to be the best league in the country, and uh, football and basketball. And uh, it's exciting time, and I'm looking forward to building it, th- building it our way. We've got to do it and continue to upgrade the talent and continue to establish our culture. Give me a little insight into your team. I know
1: when you got there, you had about three players. You had to really go out and hit the transfer portal hard. Give
4: me an outlook of how your team shakes up. Well, it was. It's, it, like, there's a, a handful of things that happened all at once that has changed the dynamic of college coaching, especially at this level. you got the transfer portal, which for those that understand, you can transfer and don't have to sit out. So the transfers went from like 800 to 1,900 in one year. Then the NLI, name, image, likeness. Yep. And then the overtime, the G leagues. You're recruiting against them now. And then now we're going to the SEC. It's like all this converged at once. So when Lon Kruger retired, there was about a three-week gap between I was named head coach and pretty much the whole team went to the transfer portal. Three guys stayed. They're great. Elijah Harkless, Mo Gibson, um, and Jalen Hill. Uh, Rick Asanza actually was another big man that I think is, is going to develop. He's got one basket in his career. And I think he's, a, he's got a chance to be good. But we had to sign a whole team in the Big 12 through, the, through Zoom. The NCAA still hadn't let us go out and recruit at that point, so we had to. And at Loyola, I just wasn't recruiting. You know, at the end of the day, if I was recruiting a player against Oklahoma, those kids, I'd pretty much lose all the time. Right. No matter, no matter what success we had, kids want to play in the top five conferences. It just—it was one of the reasons why I took this job. So we had to put together a team through the transfer portal without being able to sit in their living rooms, without being able to watch them with your own eyes. And I thought we did the best we could. Um, I wasn't recruiting those those circles. Sometimes when you go power five to power five. Whoever you're recruiting at that school, you can continue recruiting. Right, because, because it's power five. They want to go over there. And you, you had a relationship with them. Right. So we kind of started from scratch. And uh, I think we did really good. We got some good pieces, some good guys that, that are that are working their tails off. They're absolutely working really hard. You're a high-energy guy. I mean, I watched you out there at this coaches clinic
1: back here in Arkansas, and you wanted to come back. And this is the first time you've really actually been
4: back in the state since you left Little Rock, is it not? I did speak at a, at a with Steve, when Chief Shields was here. Right. Bobby Vint. they had a, a Little Rock downtown club, the Athletic okay, Club, that's down right, there. the Tip Off Club, and I spoke to that about six, seven, five, six years ago. I came back and spoke, and then um, uh, but then this is the next time I've been back. You miss it? Oh, I love this place. I do. I say I tell everybody that it hasn't been here. It's the most underrated city in the United States. People that don't know Little Rock don't know how there's such nice places. There's nice golf courses. I know we're going to talk about that. There's uh, unbelievable restaurants, music, and down there. I just, I loved Little Rock. I did. I had two of my kids here very proudly. They, you know, I say I'm from Chicago because I'm from Chicago. But my kids, two of them, are born in Little Rock very proudly. Uh, so, most underrated city. All right, let's talk golf. When did you first pick up a golf club? So probably when I was, you know, five or six, you know, just we were at Crest Creek Country Club. My dad was a member there. My dad was into golf and um, I was young. You know, he gave us some golf lessons and um, I never got the bug, though, because I got the basketball and baseball bug and I just dove into that. But I would play it. I was fortunate enough to be my dad was a member of a country club. So I was able to go over there and mess around and, you know, golf here and there. But I never to the point where I stayed with it in like high school and everything.
1: When you went to Creighton to play basketball there, did
4: you play golf on the side at times? Did you – just for recreation? Not when I was in college. When i go home in the summertime, I would with some of my buddies from high school we'd play. But when we were at college, we'd get there from September, it was – I played for a guy named Tony Broney, and it was it 24 was 7. I didn't have time. If I had time, I was too tired. All right. So give me some of the courses you played in, in Chicago
1: besides the one that your dad was a member of. Medina. I just played Medina. Yes.
4: I just played Medina. It was great. And? Oh, so I got a video. I, you know, the, the par three with the water right yep. there with the target? I. I, I mean, not that I can gamble because it's against NCAA rules. <laughs> you can't gamble, right? Um, right? But I might have had a little gentleman's bet um, with the people I hand. But I, I oh I, really? I, I had probably my best shot of the the day on that that hole right there.
1: Okay, and then what? Have, have you ever played Chicago Golf Club?
4: Yes, played there. I played. Uh, I've played a lot of the good ones here and there in Chicago. With my my ten years at Loyola right. got a kid, some of the ones. Um, They're good. Yeah, you what know. A- but but I will say this. My Mount, Ru- I mean the pinnacle, the top of my pyramid, came when I was the head coach at Arkansas Little Rock. This is my, my golf Taj Mahal. This is my okay. golf. This I is think my, I know where you're this going This is my here golf now. Final Four story. Okay, I was with Doc Sadler, and we were talking, and we were at Eddie Sutton's golf tournament. We drove over. I think he was the head coach at Fort Smith. We drove over right. together. We golfed. Coach Suttons. We're driving back, and uh, Joe Ford calls me. Oh boy! And Joe goes, Porter, you want to go to uh, Augusta and go golfing with me? And I got him on speakerphone, and uh, I, I, I had the Sunbelt meetings in Destin, Florida. And I said, I looked at the date. I'm like, I'm driving. I'm like, Joe, I can't. I got to be at the conference meetings, like, the next day. And all of a sudden, I, like, I, my Doc's hand went like this. It went, like, right across my chest. <laughs> he, across looked, the, he hit me he across goes, the chest. He goes, are you stupid? <laughs> and he, and I go, he goes, well, Porter, I can surely drop you off on my plane there. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so he goes so he says, so he goes, All right, meet me, meet me at the hangar there, and he goes, We'll get it. He goes, I'm going with my buddy uh, Pat and his son Jake. And he goes, Meet me there. So I meet him there. He goes, It's gonna be Pat, Jake, me and my buddy Pat. We're gonna go, we're gonna golf two days. I got you a place to stay, and then I'll drop you off in Destin. So I pull up, I get on there, I get on the plane, and I sit, and his buddy Pat is Pat Summerall. It's Pat Summerall and his buddy Jake. Now, the stories we heard for the next two days in that voice was something to remember. So then we pull up to Augusta, and the little place that he had me stay was Butler's Cabin. So you stay, like when you have the chimney, if you pan the camera to the right, there's a bedroom. That's where I stayed. I'm at night, and I'm like, I felt like I was Tom Cruise running around going, I could tell all my friends I was running (laughs) around right in front of that (laughs) chimney, where they put that green jacket on somebody all all the time. And uh, closest I ever was to heaven, I woke up. Like before, the sun was coming up, and I walked it as the sun was coming up. There was a couple groundskeepers. There was dew, the spring, and and I just walked that whole thing with like nobody on it, and it was it was heaven, absolutely. It's heaven. amazing, in it, unbelievable. What did you shoot? You know, or does that even matter? Well, it, it doesn't matter. But I will tell you this about that that course, and a lot of people have golfed it, said the same thing. It wasn't as much tee box to green that was very difficult. One, the caddies, like I'd hit it, and like normally. I'd be counting a stroke for a penalty, and those guys would be like radars. Whoosh, right there. There's your ball. I'm like, God dang. How'd you know? <laughs> and so it wasn't as much tee box to green. Yeah. It was the greens. It was like putting on ice. And, I, I mean, there were so many curves. Undulations, and, and, yeah. Oh, my God. She used the golf term. Undulations. There you go. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a Look basketball player I'm coach. like, there's, there's so many humps. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will, I'm, and then the, the caddy had a mess with me one time. I probably had like a 40-foot putt one time. And he just he goes, give me your read. So I went down, I'm looking at and I go, well, I think this thing, look at this break. I mean, it's going to go about, i got to start about eight or nine feet there to the left. And he's like, actually, you start about eight or eight feet to the right. I'm like, no way. There's no <laughs> way I do that. And all of a sudden, there's stuff It's going back and forth back where I was yeah. just an in incredible, uh, incredible rounds. That is an awesome story. Because you, you didn't realize that you thought
1: you were going to have to provide your own way down there and everything. And Mr. Ford's like, eh, I'll drop you off at the meetings.
4: Yes, absolutely. You know That's the way to go. Oh, it, it was.
1: When you were the coach at Little Rock, you had a membership at Chennault. I did. What did you think about that?
4: So Ray Tucker just texted me. Yeah. Oh, Ray Tucker. Oh, Tuck. Ray, he's up there, and Tuck, Tuck was texting me. And he's about, working out there now. That's what he just told me. He, go, I go, so he asked me because he heard I was in town with this, the coaches clinic. He goes, I'm a, um, a starter out at Chennault. And I said, funny that. My, my wife, our first child, was, was due, and she was like eight or nine days overdue. And I'm like, you know how your first child. It was like eight or nine days before the due date, and we're just sitting around staring at each other. All right, ready? You know, just (laughs) for like eight or nine days. And then the due date came, and it wasn't. And the first time I pretty much left her side, I went golfing at Chenal. I'm like, I'm going to go to quick nine holes. I'm on like hole number four, and I get the call my wife went into labor. Oh, no. So I was on Chenal's golf course when my first daughter went into labor. Wow.
1: And now you're in Oklahoma. And, man, talk about a golf program over there And, and
4: courses. National runner-up last year lost to Pepperdine in the match play. Ryan Heibel is one of the best guys and coaches, and uh, I got to know him. He finished. He lost by one stroke for the national championship. But that facility there on campus, their program, uh, Abraham uh, answer, mm-hmm. just met him this weekend at the football game. Just great guy. But, yeah, they, they absolutely got it going because he's, he's an unbelievable coach.
1: Where do you get to play over there?
4: <laughs> here's my extent of playing there so i played at the ou course um jimmy austin yeah that's where i've I've played the most but uh toby keith i've got he's a huge ou fan and i've been texting yeah. and gonna i haven't been over there yet but uh where i where i've golfed I've, I've golfed there and i've golfed lon kruger has his coaches versus cancer and i went out to vegas and did shadow creek and uh oh, southern nice. high is the southern uh, uh highlands uh, i believe so yeah
1: i think you're right yeah, yeah. those are good ones oh man so now that basketball season's here upon you, obviously you can't play now. So when does Porter get to play golf?
4: I, I will say this. I love it. Um, I had four kids at one point that were within five and a half years from each other. And someone goes, you, st- you play golf? I go, I did before my kids, and I'm going to do it after. But, like, for me, think about this. On a Saturday with the job I do, like – they all four were in travel basketball. My daughter was in volleyball. And you know, how they, you could have one son that has three games on a Saturday. Sure. So you times that by three. Then my daughter, that's, that's 12. Yeah. And like, plus I got a recruit. Plus I got at my Loyola games. How did you do I, it? I have a great wife. Um, and, but you, you here's, I, you know, I should have said this. I had it on my notes. I should have said this to coaches. Because I say this to leadership groups. I say this to coaches. You have to prioritize balance if you want balance in your life. And I've seen so many friends lose their marriage, lose their um, health, lose their faith, lose their job. So many things because they don't, you know, some might lose it. They don't balance their social life or different things. They lose their faith. They lose their relationship with their kids, relationship with their wife. I've been intentional about prioritizing balance. And I think that's, whether it's my faith, whether it's my, my health working out, I, I'm i like, I am a, I obsessed with, I have to carve out time to, to exercise. Um, I have to, you know, with, my kids, I would rotate. I'm like, I'm I've, I've trying to get as much as I could to each of their games. Right. And golf took a hit on that. You know, and uh, starting to pick it up. Now I have two in college, and I have a junior and freshman in high school. So I, I've golfed a couple more times this summer, and I hope to pick it back up again when I'm not going to a million kids' games.
1: All right, now we're going to switch real quick to baseball and a couple more questions, and I'll let you get out of here. I know you're a very busy guy, and I appreciate you for sitting down with me. Chicago Cubs. What
4: are they doing right now? <laughs> so Come on. You know Tom no, Ricketts. Trey, you've got his yeah. number. No, I know. I know. They're all great families. You just he, sold the house that you bought from him yep, yep. in Chicago. Okay. Um, you, so you've been following. Yes. <laughs> Here, no, here's the thing. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I've been my whole life. That 2016 run was one of the greatest things. And I will tell you a little cool story about that. I'm coming down Lakeshore Drive in Chicago, and the skyline said, Go Cubs. And I literally have chills. I have chills talking well, about it. And it I was coming down, out yeah. now, and the skyline lit up. was all blue, uh, you know, with white and the, the Cubs. And it said, go Cubs in the skyline. Fast forward to two years. We beat Kansas State. We're going to the Final Four. And all my buddies, it was going nuts on Twitter. The skyline of Chicago said, go Loyola. It was all maroon and gold. How the cool Hancock was that? building, Navy Pier. The whole city was blue and gold. And I just get chills on that, thinking about it. But that 2016 run, I grew up taking the l train into into the city sitting in a, getting a bleacher ticket for eight dollars so many tough 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 years i know it was hard <laughs> and to have 2016 it was a memory of a lifetime with that but i'm just a diehard fan i mean i'm i'm, I'm super optimistic so they had to reload um they traded off everybody i went i went about three weeks ago if someone goes yeah i went to wrigley field i watched the iowa cubs you know, this, so <laughs> yeah that's true and, uh, that's true but Maybe I believe they're going to get I some of them back. Them. I believe in the I, I believe in too. their leadership. I believe in what they're going to do. Um, it's a process. I know for us we're in a process, you know, with the, with, at Oklahoma it's a process. So I tend to look at the positive side, the glass half full and I know the Cubs will be back.
1: All right. What was it like singing the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley?
4: Awesome. So it, I'm I'm six and one. I've done it seven times. Um, I I threw out the first pitch with Sister Jean and uh, yeah. on opening day. Um, but you know the first time I did it. It's like nothing else you've done before. I mean, people have karaoke People have sang in your shower. You've messed in your car driving. <laughs> but when they had slid that window and 38,000 people turned their head and look at you to lead them right. in singing, it was it was pretty overwhelming. But I just decided, like anything, I was just going to have fun with it, man. We just had fun with it, and it kind of grew. And I joke with the Cubs management. I go, I'm 6-1 now. Yeah. And uh, doing to bring it. bring me back. I was going to come back this year, but it just didn't work out um, and everything. But uh, it's just a ton of fun. Great atmosphere uh, there. There at Wrigley Field,
1: I love going up there. All right, I have to. I have to say this, or my wife would. She would probably uh, kick me out of the house for at least a week. You and her share a birth date.
4: Yes, to August twenty fourth. That's right. We August twenty fourth. Wasn't she up in Chicago she on her was birthday? Up there, yes. Yeah, we pe- went to
1: the game, and we were staying at the Zachary right across from Wrigley. Yeah,
4: and that's where you had your
1: fiftieth birthday party.
4: That's right. That's right. You came down right there. That's at the right. barbecue. That's place. right. So yeah, that's right.
1: Porter, best of luck. You man. had to bring
4: in that I'm 50, right? I mean,
1: well, I mean that was your. I 50th try to birthday. say I was you're not 50 was, right now. It was my 11:30 birthday, birthday party. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, Age is just a number. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but
1: you don't look like you're 50. You look like you're 35. Uh, I appreciate I mean, it. The blessed. Energy you have.
4: No, it's a, uh, it's, it's a mantra, man. How you think is how you feel. How you feel is how you act, and how you act defines you. I'm just. My parents were so influential in my life. On, you know how you think and how positive you got to be and it's just uh you blessed to have people in your life like that you can look back on and say man they really really have impacted you
1: porter best of luck this year i'm gonna come over to norman we're gonna play some golf oh I, I, on me come All right, on buddy. see you trey since 1938 better auctions have always been blackman auctions go online blackmanauctions.com you can see their full lineup of their upcoming auctions blackman auctions one of our great sponsors here on from the short grass
3: Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of Sure Life products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and
2: walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions Trey asked me to sponsor his show for another few months Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show But it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch Trey makes golf interesting, I make auctions interesting For auctions, listen to me For golf, listen to Trey Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions Welcome back to From the
1: Shortgrass. On the tee with our weekly rules segment, it's PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, this question comes in from Nathan in Little Rock to from the at gmail.com. Nathan says, I was playing in my club championship, shot a 76, but the score they posted was a 77. I didn't realize it until I showed up the next day. What should I have done?
5: That one's pretty simple. You go to the committee and say, hey, um, pretty sure I rolled. shot a 76. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a question um, of did he add incorrectly? Did the committee add incorrectly? Um, was he – did he actually add the scorecard or was he adding up what he wrote down? Did he check his scores, his 18 hole-by-hole scores? In other words – did Sunday write him down for a five on the 17th hole instead of a four and he signed for it. And at which point you're going to take it. Um, so, I mean, the first thing to do is go to the committee and say, Hey, you know, I had myself for 76 yesterday. The committee's got the scorecards. They can go back. They can re-add and say, Oh, you're right. You did have 76. And at that point they'd make a change. And, you know, it, you know, or it's going to be, hey, I had seventy six yesterday. Let's pull up the card and up it adds to seventy seven. Right, and he, and I say, well, hey, I had a four on seventeen. There's a five in there. Well, we get back to player responsibility again. Um, You're responsible for the hole by hole of your score. Correct. I mean, on some level, you know, uh, you know, in football, the referee is not responsible for calling the plays. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You know, <laughs> and, and, and so. As much as we want to heap all this responsibility on a committee to say, "Hey, you need to fix this because this is an injustice," uh, the committee can't always do that because there's a there has to be some level of responsibility for the players to make sure that what they're giving the committee is the correct information for the, to score the tournament.
1: But there are foolproofs put in to mm-hmm. scoring. Mm-hmm. Let's say. A, there's a defined scoring area, or mm-hmm. there should be. Mm-hmm. So until you leave that area, you can still make adjustments mm-hmm. to the scorecard, whatever. Even if you have signed it, you can still make adjustments to that scorecard. So if you see that, okay, the committee adds it up and they say, I've got you with a 77, is that correct? You say, no, I shot 76. Well, then you go over it hole by hole. Yeah, And then if it's determined that, okay, yeah, I did make that on that hole, then, okay, it can be adjusted. Even if it's something that would have – they had you for a lower score than what you shot, and you put a lower score down for a hole. Let's say you birdied the third hole and you actually made par there. Mm -hmm. Before you leave the scoring area, you're allowed to go back and change that because the card is not deemed to be turned in at that point. Is that correct?
5: Right. A a card has been returned – you know, is when it's been given to the committee and the players left the scoring area, and as you as you mentioned, a scoring area has to be defined. Um, so, you know, what is a scoring area? I mean, on tour, we see it all the time. It's it's usually a building, right? Mm-hmm. step outside the building, you've left the scoring area. Oftentimes, at the club level, the scoring area is the scoreboard. Um, so, at the club level events, I used to rope off an area in front of the scoreboard, really for two reasons. One, I didn't want people trudging up to me at the scoreboard and saying, hey, I want to talk about this, or I don't like the whole location on four or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, of course, setups suck. Yeah, though. exactly, which I was probably responsible for too. Um, and and then I would put a sign on there that said scoring area. Um, so we would allow the players to come inside that roped area to sign. And we had a table there with chairs, and and they could come in and sign their scorecard. And, and I would tell them, say, hey, look, Do we have any matters that need to be settled before you leave the scoring area? Are you comfortable with everything? Do you want to stay here while we add these, make sure everything's correct? Most times when I gave those admonitions, people would say, you know, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, And we've never had problems. Um, But when they go now, like Robert Gomez did uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at at Bay Hill, I guess, you know, it's like, man, I'm not even going to sign. I'm just leaving, you know, Um, that's when we have problems. So, um yeah, I mean there there the last thing we want is somebody to be disqualified under any circumstances. That's why golf course setup is so important. That's why establishing the conditions for the competition on the front end and making sure that every player um has a copy of those conditions is so important. Um why marking the golf course properly is so important. And then finally, establishing a scoring area where we can settle any doubtful points, or give the player an opportunity to alter a scorecard if there is a doubtful point, um, whether it be a ruling or just a simple, you know, scoring error by the marker, um, then that's what we do. So, yeah, and in this situation, it's just the question becomes who's responsible. If the committee's responsible, the action, the you know, the error is corrected. Um, if the player is responsible, the player bears the burden of of not taking the time to check his scorecard and make sure the correct hole-by-hole is correct. And sometimes
1: that can be disqualification or you're stuck with that score.
5: Correct. He's
1: Adam Carney. I am Trey Schaap. If you've got a question on the rules of golf like Nathan did there, email us from the shortgrass at gmail.com and we'll get it answered. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. I'll leave you with a couple of golf quotes. From Ben Crenshaw, golf is the hardest game in the world. There is no way you can ever get it. Just when you think you do, the game jumps up and puts you in your place. And this one from legendary course architect Pete Dye, the ardent golfer would play Mount Everest if somebody put a flag stick on top. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy your next round on the golf course. And when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass.
0: You've been listening to from the short grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf from the short grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman auctions. This has been a presentation of the buzz radio network.